I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey folks, welcome to the Sloppy Boys, where we take a deep dive into the drinks that you love. I'm Jeff Dutton, along with Mike Hanford. Hello, Jeff and all. And Tim Kalpakis. What is up? And we're your hosts, the Sloppy Boys. Now, Tim, how did you settle on what is up? Because that, you know, that uh, at first you weren't doing that, and now it's every single time. It's one of those things that just took off. And yeah. it's a phenomenon, and it's a train that I couldn't stop if I wanted to. <laughs> it's undeniable. I was walking down the street the other day in Brooklyn, and I passed some teenage kid, some punk skater kids, and they uh, one of them had a "What Is Up" uh, <laughs> T-shirt, and I was like, "That can't be." How did no. you know? Uh, you saw the T-shirt, and you didn't just think it says "What Is Up," but you knew that it was using my inflection. It was four U's in a row. A lot of people ah. say "What's Up." That's normal. Yeah. yeah. And then recently, for a long time recently, people lose the is and they just say, what up? What up? Right. Oh. Now, Tim, you're taking it back and you're and you're leaning on the is. You go, what is up? Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. Is like that was instinctual. Like I didn't really cognitively know I was leaning on the very missing oh. word, but I guess I have that sort of contrarian rebellious spirit yes me. right and it goes to show that like language just like anything else is always a reaction to what comes before yes, it thank yes thank you thank you good i was that's interesting for you to say tim because i've always worried about your cognitive abilities in general being lower <laughs> than average uh yeah so it's it's good to know that you are using your brain i guess I it's it's on and off because sometimes i'll go like maybe a week or two without cognating anything yeah <laughs> and then then i'll have a day that's like cognition saturday if you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> hashtag cognition saturday uh what do you guys say we get into some booze news finally i like it tim hit it
Is that you, Mike? Couldn't play this if you gave me a year. <laughs> oh! This rules! And me? <laughs> well, I'm just some bozo with an iPad and garage band and nothing to do on a Thursday night. Woo. Thanks for coming out, everybody. Drive safely. <laughs> That's oh, great. Man. That was uh, sent to us by Nathaniel Lane, a.k.a. The Than Man from Boston. That was a hot jam. Whoa, Nathan Lane sent that in? Nathan <laughs> Yeah, it says here, um, uh, I haven't got a lot of Lion King work recently, Yeah, so I'm getting into Booze News theme songs. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you, he did that on GarageBand. Uh, that's that's pretty That's pretty good. Yeah. You know, everything is all ones and zeros in the digital shit. <laughs> it kind of seemed more like an opening to a... Uh, which I liked, which I liked, Nathan, <laughs> Nathaniel. Uh, it sounded like an opening to a, to a uh, late night show. Hey, maybe like we an should Arsenio do it. style, Arsenio era. Yeah, right. Yeah. Hey, let's get into the real booze news. Okay, here's the hot new things, folks. Uh, the hot new things, folks, is performance beers. Um, have you guys heard of performance beers? No, 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 no. Now, what are you now? Hold on. What the what the no, fuck no, are you no, Tim, what kind of performance are we talking about here? <laughs> I read an article in uh, Bloomberg about uh, this. A new class of performance beers is taking a page from Gatorade. Breweries are adding electrolytes to help the body dehydrate less while having a cold one. Whoa. We should be doing this, that to all beers. Doesn't this seem like a bad idea ultimately? I think it's a good idea for us who on our Patreon show ran a mile. We're pretty much like <laughs> runners and drinkers. So we're probably the target demo. That's true. Now, Tim, is this just another gimmick? <laughs> I think um, to answer your question, yes. And here's the sense that I made of it. I looked at this list of breweries. Oh, Zealous Beer Weekend or uh, Harpoon Brewery, uh, Avery Brewing Pacer, Millspillion. All these craft brews are coming out with uh, beers that don't dehydrate you and they're full of electrolytes, you know what's going on here is they're trying to keep up with the seltzers. That's yes. right. That's right. It's funny that Michelob Ultra kind of had the market cornered on this as far as like having a beer commercial but then having a lady on a bike. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And But those felt like, hey, it's beer for people who, yeah, once in a while they're going to cheat and – do what their lifestyle doesn't allow and drink a beer. And this is that beer. And it didn't seem like, uh, you know, beer for the beer set. What? Right. How is, how is seltzer like, uh, ruling the beverage world? That's, uh, who saw that coming? Mike, you've had the ugly sweater pack. Of course I've had it. It's, <laughs> yeah. This stuff is delicious. I'm drinking 10 or 20 peppermint patty flavored seltzers <laughs> a day at this point. Oh, by the way, I looked up um, I looked up the out of office pack. Yeah, Bud Light sells are out of office. Yeah, and I'm not seeing it close by, so I gotta I gotta do some work and find one of those. Get on it, because you guys are you have them. You gotta get your ass to Enterprise and rent yourself a car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing about Enterprise, they'll pick you up. <laughs> oh. Now, Tim, well, you were you were mentioning some of those micro brews or something. Did you say one say one called um, Maspillion? Miss Billion, M-I-S. Miss Billion. Yeah. Ooh, cool. That just sounds <laughs> that sounds funny to me. 
Uh, when I drink enough beers, I'm going to be misspilling them all over the fucking come. Okay, moving on. And here was my one other piece of booze news. Uh, and this is not just booze news. This is chartreuse news. Um, Michael, you reported some chartreuse news once about how there are only two people who know the recipe for chartreuse. And they are That's true. They're Carthusian monks. Yes. Yeah, the monks make it. And then when me and uh, Jeff were buying sh uh, chartreuse for this very podcast, the guy behind the counter said, you know, this only one monk knew how to make this. And then he recently taught a second monk <laughs> how to make it. Um, <laughs> but here's a cool thing. This was sent to us some by uh, one of our Patreon patrons. There's a movie called Into Great Silence. It's a 2005 documentary about the Carthusian monks and the process Ooh. of making chartreuse liqueur. But here's- We got to watch it. We got to watch it. But here's what we have to know before watching it. <laughs> it is, it is, I watched the trailer and even the, tra the trailer was hard to get through because it is <laughs> silent. They're all in a monastery, right? Oh, Nobody talks. Right. So listen, the blurb, uh, the Wikipedia blurb for this movie says- the, the idea for the film was proposed to the monks in 1984, but the Carthusians said they wanted time to think about it. They responded 16 years later <laughs> and said they, they were put it on willing. A huge pile. They were going to permit the director to shoot if he was still interested. And he went, he lived, the director lived there for a year. No <laughs> wow. visitors were allowed. Um, and he filmed on his own with no artificial uh, light and the final cut contains neither spoken commentary nor added sound effects. I was going to say, you, you know who probably liked that is uh, the boom operator for getting room tone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh tone. Room tone dream. My God. <laughs> you did the room tone for the chartreuse documentary? Um, so this movie is like <laughs> three wild. or four hours long and it has no talking in it. Holy so, smokes. Uh, someday we should uh, we should watch this and discuss it, but it'll, it'll be a feat of strength to make it through. We have to be quiet ourselves. What, now, do you think like these guys can't talk at all? But do you think like if when the two of them there are mixing up, one of them's like, "Pass me the oats." <laughs> <laughs> They're yeah. gonna have to. <laughs> he has to. Like if he if he can't get the guy's attention, hey. It, it says here that they don't speak, but they do mutter out the side of their mouths <laughs> <laughs> freely yeah. and at will. <laughs> Give I'm me excited the to try, cup, uh, you bozo. I'm, I'm excited to try the result of their labor. Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel pressure to love it because uh, what if we taste it and we say, P.U., these guys stink. Well, I took a little whiff of it, and I got to say, it smells just like a million other liqueurs. <laughs> <laughs> it smells like a bottle of alcohol. Yeah. Um, now, the only thing I have for booze news today, one tiny little item. Uh, over the weekend, I had a Carling Black Label beer. You ever have one of these? Never heard of it. Nah. It's a Canadian beer. It's from Carling. I mean, it's called Carling. And it was one of these things. It was a $3 beer on the menu. And I said, well, I've never had that. And that seems what I'm usually used to. Let me try it. It was watery, watery, watery. <laughs> now, Mike, is this a new beer? No, this doesn't look like a new beer. This uh, this looks like old stuff. So, so this, this is breaking not news. So you had a bad beer you didn't as, like. Uh, you had a beer you didn't like. <laughs> I didn't say I didn't like it. Um, you said it was watery. <laughs> Maybe I was in the mood for a little water. 
<laughs> oh, maybe it's like one of these running performance beers. <laughs> Thank you. Either way, that's what my that's what's new for me in the, in the world of booze news. That's pretty good. Let's wrap up the booze news and let's get into get back here with my show. <laughs> Yeah, let's get back into Saturday TV Funhouse. <laughs> get back here with my chartreuse. Well, the cocktail today. You guys ever been in the uh, the shower before? Yes. Hmm. Yeah, usually, <laughs> almost daily. Dropping trow to get that uh, get that done. Sure. You ever uh, <laughs> you ever sign an autograph? Uh, I've taken a selfie. Well, guys, you that counts. You are. All the way there for the cocktail today. We're doing the naked and famous cocktail. <laughs> oh, okay. No, yeah, I get we it. qualify. That's the name of this one. Yeah, yeah. You've been in the shower and you've taken a selfie. Good. That that makes me feel like I can relate to this drink because otherwise it would be a little bit over my head. This is a drink. You know. You know what I love. I love when the story. We know exactly who made it. The story is definitive. This is one of those drinks. Created 2011. Bouge. New stuff. At oh, wow. Death & Co., a, a uh, bar, sort of a speakeasy cool bar in Manhattan, a low, in the East Village. Oh. By a man named Joaquin Simo. I think it's S-I-M-O with a, a with a accent on the O. Simo, I think that's called. Um, and this, guys, this is, I, I, I emailed our buddy Jack Schramm, and he gave me a little uh, in and out here. This guy's a contemporary of Giuseppe Gonzalez. Remember who did the... Uh, Trinidad Sour. Of course. Oh, yeah. Joaquin opened a bar called Pouring Ribbons, also a bar in the East Village. It's one of Jack's faves. Uh, it has a bunch of vintage chartreuse. Oh. Which he said, uh, he mentions the monks here, but he also said that uh, it, it ages really interestingly. So that's like a, a weird like wine or something. Oh, does that uh, mean it rots quick like our vermouth? I don't think so. I don't know. That's a good question. Um but yeah, he was saying he's a great guy, type of guy who's like traveled the world and has all these crazy stories about like getting old dusty bottles of, of liquor and stuff like that. So Joaquin Simo, cool dude. If we're saying the last name right, who knows? Hopefully he hears this and, ch and chimes in. Hey, Mike, question for you. You, you said this, this drink came out when? It's a very new one. 2011. 2011? Can you believe this? I'm looking yeah. up the band, The Naked and Famous. Oh, Formed in 2007, before the drink. Interesting. I don't think I know what that band is. Oh, you know them. I do. What's their big hit tune? What do they uh, say? Young Blood. Young Blood. I got some young blood. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know that song, and right? Now we got Young Blood. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, I do know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought that that was MGMT. It's like down and down and down and down Yeah. Come on, Mike. So Joaquin Simo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mike is not having it. Not interested All in All he this. seems to care about anymore is Joaquin Simo. This guy sounds like a great guy. He was, uh, in 2009, he was Playboy, one of Playboy's top 10 mixologists. Damn, dude. 2012, Spirited Awards, uh, American Bartender of the Year, Spirited Awards. This guy is good. Not the Spirit Awards, the Spirited Awards. Yeah, I guess I guess so, unless maybe I typed that down wrong. Um, this is a very interesting drink. It's uh, He described it as the bastard love child of a classic last word and uh, the paper plane. 
Oh. Another song, Paper Plane. Conceived in the mountains of Oaxaca. That's what uh, mezcals are. Have you guys ever had mezcal? Oaxaca. Right. Well, that's how you pronounce it? Oaxaca? O-A-X-A-K-C-A? Oaxaca. Mezcal is like the the sister drink of tequila that is... uh, uh, it's also made from the agave cacti, but it's smokier. It's got like volcanic rock in it. And, and oh, yeah. Wood. I thought it was just a distinction because of like the geography, like champagne. Uh-huh. Yeah. But it turns out the process is a little different. Because I do think tequila has that where it's like to be called tequila it has to be from one of five counties in Mexico and it has to have a certain percentage of blue agave. Uh-huh. So I thought everything else was mezcal, but- it's according to the guy behind the counter at Cap and Cork. Um, <laughs> there's a bunch of other things that make uh, mezcals nice and smoky because tequila is not smoky unless you drink it from an ashy cup. Listen, listener, you can look up and see what the difference is. There's, you know, barrel aging times and who, what part of the agave goes in. That's your business. We're here to talk about the drink itself. <laughs> <laughs> what I think is cool about this drink is like, We've been tiptoeing around New York cocktails quite a bit. On this Mm -hmm. show, we're talking about cocktails from all over the place and from any year. But there is a very specific cocktail revival of the early 2000s that's a whole scene, you know, and it's got all this context to it. We've touched on it with the the Clover Club in Brooklyn is part of it. And Giuseppe Mm -hmm. Gonzalez, who invented the Trinidad Sour, that's one guy. But I feel like this, we're, we're... Death and Co. and this cocktail is sort of like the maybe the tail end of it. It's like mm. there's a lineage. There was an older New York guy that was named Dale DeGroff, and he was like the, you know, like the Del Close, the guru, you know, time honored guy. And then you got another guy, Sasha Petrasky, that was uh, like the Matt Besser. So he's taking the thing and he's taking it a step further. Now, mm-hmm. I think when you get to Joaquin Simo. Yeah. That's like the Tim Kalpagas, you know, that's like Oof. the new, oh, that's boy. like the dude, that's like the guy, man. <laughs> He's oh, like boy. the guy right now, baby. <laughs> that's your boy? Yeah, the it guy. <laughs> um, but I do think it's funny with New York cocktails, especially, it's, there's just so much context. Like when you talk to New York, New Yorker, like all of these, it would be like casually saying like, oh, I went to a comedy show and I was at this comedy club called UCB. And if you said that to me, I'd be like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. UCB, that's a whole world. And I, I feel like New York cocktails, there, there's all of that stuff. And we're today touching on maybe maybe a cocktail that came along. It's not like that whole scene is entirely dead, but probably this came along at the end of that golden sure. age. Sure. And like okay. when you say cocktail boom, you're talking about like specifically the Mad Men like craze, right? It predated Mad Men barely by a couple of years. And then Mad Men certainly, certainly helped. But what I mean is like the same thing that happened. Like I was like, it's a comedy, but think about music, like the meet me in the bathroom, New York, the whole indie music scene or the foodie mm-hmm. David Chang and lucky peach, like the foodie scene this timed out in every aspect of art and life around the year 2000, a bunch of hipstery guys, revolutionized the thing. And I feel like New York, that's kind of the time frame. This is a time when, uh, when humans are saying, okay, I'm, I'm working on my mind. I'm working on my body. I'm working out. What about my tongue? Let's not forget about my tongue. Let's excite that when I'm out <laughs> drinking. And well, yeah. people listened. Uh, yeah. Jack was telling me there's like a bunch of 
bars and people will probably be coming upon when we get more into these new era drinks, which makes me think, yeah, it did all. A lot of it happened here in New York. I think the epicenter is milk and honey. Okay. Then from there, a lot of the bartenders from milk and honey spun off into like Attaboy or like PDT or other things. And today it's one of the lineage. Hey, mm. it's nice to be among the living for once. I know. Yes, this is nice. It's not a uh, World War II. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Or maybe it was in the 60s in San Francisco or who knows. Crying out loud. Right. <laughs> when you make Jesus. a drink, write it down, put it in the safe. Here we go. Here's what's in this uh, drink. Uh, 22.5 milliliters of mezcal. That's three-fourths of an ounce. Oh, this is also one of my favorite things. Each uh, ingredient of this drink, same amount. It's a one-to-one-to-one-to-one. Yeah, I love it. So, 22.5 milliliters mezcal. 22.5 milliliters yellow chartreuse. 22.5 milliliters Aperol. Two, 2.5 milliliters fresh lime juice. <laughs> Pour all ingredients into a cocktail shaker. Shake well with ice. Strain to chilled cocktail glass. Uh, a coupe glass. You, you guys know what a coupe glass is? Yeah. It's yeah. like a little tiny... It's, uh, little, it's like a, a rounded martini glass. Like a champagne-y type glass, yeah. Yes. And garnish for this one? <gasps> Don't even think about it. It's not applicable. Oh. Hey. I think we should make this drink. I'm gonna. The last thing I'm going to do is read you a, another quote from uh, Joaquin Simo about the drink. He says the botanical intensity of the two liquors gives such great length to the drink that it manages to be simultaneously crushable and complex. Uh, it says there's a great balance to it, letting the complex ingredients speak in turn rather than all at once. So I think this is going to be like what the Trinidad Sour sort of had. Remember where our little minds were blown because it was like, oh, this. And then yeah, this. you got an evolving taste. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> um... That, uh, hey, I'm, are you going to be mad at me if I take a little sip of chartreuse on the way in? Or This or time, no, I will not be mad. I might do a little sips my own because I want to see what mezcal is all about on its own. Yeah, I have um, another thing I want to do late in this show is taste test back and forth a little Campari and a little Aperol because, oh. because I wow. suspect that they're pretty similar and I'm mad I had to buy a new bottle. Yeah, they kind of are the Red Bitter Brothers, and I've yeah. never tried them back-to-back. -back. I, th I think Aperol's sweeter, but that'll be a good little test. I was thrown by – I was so excited to finally have my moment to taste chartreuse. Mm. And then I saw that this recipe called for yellow chartreuse, and I walk into the store, and I see that there's both yellow and green. Mm -hmm. And then I asked the guy – I was like – I'm just tasting chartreuse for the first time. Is the green like the more popular one or is the yellow like, am I missing the thing? And he was like, they're both popular, but green, <laughs> green is, is like a more intense and yellow is the same flavor, but mellowed out. So I think we'll get it right on. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, let's <laughs> cut it here and get going. Folks, we'll be right back. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. 
From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The Sloppy Boys is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey folks, Mike Hanford from The Sloppy Boys here, and I wanted to ask you, do you ever have this feeling like you got to get something off your chest? You know, you're walking around with something and you go, I just got to tell someone this, I just got to fix this thing. It happens to us all. We all carry around these different stressors, big and small. That's just how it is. But when we keep bottling it up, it can start to affect us negatively, and that's not good. But therapy is here to help. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work on whatever's weighing you down. Now look, you know me, I've been to therapy, I'm the therapy guy, I love it. And I gotta say, it does help when you go in there and talk to the therapist and say, you know what, my two co-hosts piss me off on a daily basis, I've got, it's weighing me down, what am I gonna do? That of course is a joke example, but you get what I'm saying. You can tell the therapist what you're feeling, and they'll help you learn positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself, and it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. Now, listen to this. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. That's right, you. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. That's pretty good. So, folks... Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash SloppyBoys today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash SloppyBoys. Go in there, talk to somebody, get it off your chest, have a great time. Hey folks, we want to pump the brakes on this episode and talk about a great podcast called Bizarre albums from our good, good pal, Tony Thaxton. This is a great one. Tony explores the weird side of music, celebrating and telling the stories behind those strange albums that make you wonder how and why they exist. He does deep dives on albums released by pro athletes, actors, fictional characters, and those albums where musicians or bands just took a crazy, weird left turn. The episodes are short digestible they're 15 to 20 minutes we're full of pop culture trivia nuggets you'll hear stories behind albums by bruce willis shaquille o'neal macho man randy savage freddy krueger and many many more and he even does an episode on ham's brewing company they put an album out in 1965 it's really great new episodes drop every tuesday everywhere you listen to podcasts tony's got a patreon that's great so do yourself a favor drop everything you're doing right now and go listen to tony's podcast bizarre albums it's fantastic
Man. Yo, yo. And we're back, drinks in hand. Okay. Ooh, here we go. Ooh, it smells smoky. Oh, um. Did you guys, did you try your mezcals? Oh, I forgot to try my mezcal. I've tried my chartreuse and I was very pissed off. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's licorice Let's. Should we taste, taste this cocktail? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Bottoms up. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, that is a okay. smoky delight. It is smoky. I, I, like I said earlier in this podcast, and I wasn't lying, that I had not had mezcal before in my life that I remembered. And yeah, it's smoky is what you call it. That's for damn sure. And I ain't talking about the forest fire bear. <laughs> Thank you. It's smoky, man. This is, this is another like, hey, I'll give it to him. It's complex. Yeah, but mm. we already had the the granddaddy of complex with the Ooh. Trinidad Sour. Nothing after a big glass of bitters is, is going to seem. Uh, <laughs> this feels like a smoky like margarita or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, it does have a refreshing, like juicy, fruity taste to it. That must be the lime, huh? It it it's like a it's like a cosmo, a smoky cosmo, huh? Smoky cosmo. Interesting. That's what they should call it, the Smoky Cosmo. It's funny that, um, I mean, I would assume that the brand of mezcal and the type of mezcal you, you use is going to influence this a lot. But in our case, oh, for sure. having put equal parts in this, it is very funny. Chartreuse is expensive as fuck. Uh, uh, Aperol ain't too cheap. Um, so it is kind of funny that I'm mainly tasting nice, sweet, chilled mezcal and it's it is right. delicious but mm -hmm. i still don't uh they're all supporting players and the mezcal is the star right <laughs> well you need that kind of like on this podcast how you guys you <laughs> have your part you have you know what you gotta do every week but come on well the uh the mezcal we went with also was the el silencio which is apparently a common mezcal for mixing. Well, we, we told the guy what's the bottom shelf. Yeah, yeah, he literally, yeah, yeah. He, he reached right down to the very bottom shelf. <laughs> Pulled it out of some mud. Yeah, I went I went for a cheap one. Actually, the place I got this at, uh, mine's called Ben Benhez, B-A-N-H-E-Z. Benhez. Benhez. I don't know. But um, the place I went to, uh, the... I was asking where the stuff was. Chartreuse was right next to this. And, you know, they were like huge bottles for like 50 bucks. And I was like, I don't know about this. He's like, oh, well, we do have the smaller ones. I was like, yes, now we're talking. Yes. Let's go take a look at those. And he, <laughs> he, he gives me the chartreuse and this, which altogether was like 60 bucks. And he's like, he's like, yeah, this is a, this, they're still pretty expensive. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. man okay. we saw every available size for campari ah, yes and oh yeah only one only one we had to buy a big bottle of aperol and split it in the parking lot into like you know, little <laughs> bottles with a funnel i know my the, the aperol i got there was like a big bottle and then like a, maybe a millimeter smaller bottle oh boy it's funny that this um I, you know, early, my first couple of zips, I was only tasting mezcal. Now I am, I do think this is delicious and uh, quite refreshing. Um, but it's, it's interesting that it doesn't have, uh, 
juice because you know the uh the cosmo had a splash of cranberry mm -hmm. this one right. just with the aperol and the lime kind of mixing together it does feel very pink lemonade -y. um yeah it's very refreshing yeah 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 it's like a smoky pink lemonade that's a good way of putting it why thank you if i do say so myself it definitely has like different uh tastes uh coming to the forefront and saying hello and then going back yeah, they pop up and say, oh, don't forget about me. Ah, we, we didn't forget about you. Hold on. Hold on. I want to introduce you to a pal of mine. I, we already met him. <laughs> yeah. Because you're saying, okay, I taste sour and this is just sour. And they say, well, meet my friend Bitterness. Uh, yeah. Bitterness, do your thing. <laughs> oh, you got to meet Smokey. Oh, we know <laughs> yeah, Smokey. We met Smokey right yes. at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, but trust me, we met Smokey. <laughs> we met Smokey, you son of a bitch. What if we pitched... A, a movie like, um, what's that Pixar movie? Inside Out. Mm -hmm. and uh, But it's all the, <laughs> the ingredients of a naked and famous cocktail. Yeah. And each one is like, has a character that, you know, like the, the Aperol is a little, has a bitter personality, you know? Okay. Yeah. And the, the, and mezcal, the mezcal is like, like a chomping on a big cigar. Yeah. Because he smokes. Good, good. Well, we could call this Inside Stout. I know this isn't a stout beer, but but to go you know, it's, we it could call it that. Close, yeah. It's I very mean, fucking close. You're not going to get any closer than that. Mm. 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 I do keep reaching for it. This really does like feel like a new age, new era drink. Yeah, like a. I think mezcal is like a newish thing, right? People are like, uh, mezcal. It just but came out this week. <laughs> <laughs> a mezcal is the one where I, um, that I, I ate the like rotten chicken mezcal. Uh, oh, right. Drank. I did a tasting in Mexico and they had all these different yeah. mezcals. And I was like, what's the weirdest one? And he was like, well, this one has old chicken. In it. And I said, that's the one for me, buddy. How old? I grabbed Rotten. him and I kissed him right on his head. <laughs> well, I don't mean also, I don't mean mezcal is like a new thing, but it's, it's like became popular recently, right? Yeah, sure. Past yeah, I'm years. sure, I'm sure it existed forever, but I probably didn't have it in until a few years ago. Um, and it's funny because it's like that smokiness, it's in every other drink, right? You know, it's like people that people that like scotch are like, well, I like a kind of a woody, smoky scotch. And then people right. that like bourbon will be, ooh, I like a one that's a little bit more woody or whatever. So they just found a way to smoke up all the spirits. <laughs> mm -hmm. Make it woody. I feel like uh, mezcal used to be like inferior to tequila. And then it's become, it's it's kind of found its audience in the last five, 10 years where hipster people will be like, ooh, I actually kind of like the grosser version. <laughs> well, I think that Mezcal, Mezcal's attitude is sort of like Michael Jordan, where it's like, oh, you think I'm inferior? Okay, no, no, that's okay if you think that about me. Yeah. And then- And I took that personally. Then becomes the goat of all time. <laughs> we don't, Mikey, we love you. Now, do you think do you think this is a Toy Story drink? It's, it's uh, Woody and gives you a buzz? Yes, I'm looking at cocktails.com and it says, mm -hmm. yep, Toy Story drink, Woody. This goes under the category? <laughs> I forgot about that, Mike. Wh How could you forget about that? Uh, that was good. That was good. <laughs> this goes, this is a Toy Story drink. We should have that. <laughs> we should have that. Well, we should ask the IBA if they could start a, a Toy Story drink category. 
Anything that's Woody and there's, there's only two in there so far, but we have uh, high hopes. High hopes that the three of us idiots could come up with it. Do you think they'll they'll come to us and say, yes, we've heard the podcast. We've been dying for you to contact us. <laughs> Probably. Um, we're giving them a lot of press. I think what I love about the metaphor of the Toy Story cocktail is that like it is also the perfect way to describe the movie toy story is that it's it's woody right. and it gives you a buzz like right it, it give that when you're watching the movie you're like what's it gonna give mm-hmm. what characters they can give me buzz buzz i didn't have a buzz before now i have him hey you guys know they're doing a buzz Lightyear live action movie no i think i had heard or i saw like a teaser the teaseriest trailer for something like that and would you believe tim allen is not involved <laughs> what <laughs> Who's going to be the new Buzz? Oh, what have they got? Al Borland? It's Chris Evans. Oh. Oh, Chris Evans. He yep. played, uh, yes, Chris Evans. He played, he, he was, um, he was uh, Captain, Captain America. Yeah. And you Very might be thinking, good. yeah, yeah he, he's a New Hampshire boy like Jeff. He's probably going to do a good job. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't think that. Chris Evans is uh, one of my favorite meme formats is uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> the picture of old Chris Evans being like, no, no, I, I don't, don't think, think I will. I, will. <laughs> <laughs> I think of that. I don't, I don't ever, I don't post a lot, but whenever like somebody suggests something that I don't want to do, I think of, no, I don't think I will. <laughs> hey, speaking of, uh, speaking of memes, the, I haven't seen WandaVision, but the Catherine Hahn oh, yeah. meme of her doing a big, a big old stage wink is the funniest fucking thing. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. I've, seen, I've seen it used so well. I uh, I don't want to watch WandaVision, but I love Catherine Hahn, and I was like, damn, do I have to watch this show to see this wink happen? And like, way to go, way to go her for getting that big old nut. She's very uh, funny. Get, get her in a fucking Marvel show. Yeah, she, she's great. Yeah, she rules. She, she was on Comedy Bang Bang, and she was one of the funniest guests ever. Yeah, um, she was with, uh, I did Lennon on there, and she was uh, the the f- guest before me, so we like sat next to each other. It was very, very funny and very nice, and played along. Did, was there like an issue, because uh, did she also want to do a comedy bit with really long drumsticks, and then you guys were both in the green room like... Well, those Ow. were those were hers, and she hadn't gotten to her bit yet, and I was like, I'm going <laughs> to use these. I have an idea. Oh, Mike, also, you and I went to Tomato Pie to grab pizza one time, and we saw yeah. Catherine Hahn there, and um, you said hi to her. And uh, she was very cool, obviously didn't recognize you in your John mm-hmm. Lennon makeup, but then mm-hmm. was like, oh, yes, John Lennon. That was very funny. Well, I then saw her. <laughs> so I, I had the John Lennon makeup when I first we had our first interaction. Second interaction was there where I did not have the John Lennon makeup. on, And then third interaction was at a <clears throat> Emmy party. Okay. And oh, I happened to make my way into an Emmy party Mr. one day. Mr. Tinseltown. Now, hey, you, come on, give me you a break. cleared your throat before you said Emmy party. Did you have a lot of phlegm in your esophagus or what? Tons. It almost <laughs> okay. kept me from getting into that Emmy party. Um, <laughs> and I saw her there again and I just got a haircut and I was like, oh, Catherine, what's happening? This was like in a span of eh, maybe five months. I was like, how's it going? And she was like, uh, I was like, Mike Hamper, I did the John Lennon thing. I saw you, it's tomato pie. She's like, oh, right. You got a haircut. I am never going to remember you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it was that would have been that same year, but uh, speaking of <clears throat> Emmy uh, events, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mike, one time I, I remember that when we worked at the Emmys, they give you tuxedos, you know, because if you're, mm-hmm. if you're writing for the Emmys, you're going to be in the room and everybody in the whole place has to be wearing a tuxedo, even the cameraman. So Friar, <laughs> Friar Tux, Tuxedo Rentals gave us free- uh, <laughs> In Glendale? 
In yes, Glendale. in Glendale. You know, I got my wedding tux there too. I love Friar Tux. It's great. Got a couple suits from there. They had a deal. Oh, it's great. Oh, I've been. Well, everyone should go. They're sponsoring us. Uh, coupon code Sloppy Tuxes. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but uh, like somebody came down to the writer's room underneath the theater and like gave us our tuxes and we put them on and we were like, hey, look at us. Ooh, I feel like Don Draper. And then uh, we walked out. And it was a few, a couple of the birthday boys, like us and me, Mike and Dave Ferguson. And we walked out. We're like, hey, let's go out onto the red carpet and see all the action (laughs) (laughs) pre-show. And we're feeling cool in our tuxedos. And we step outside and just the worst person that you would possibly want to see, (laughs) if you don't want to be made fun of, um, the first person we see is Chelsea Peretti, mm-hmm. who I don't know, but I think you guys knew. And she looked at us and pointed and was like, the birthday boys in tuxedos. And just fully, fully laughed at that. Like, you guys are not supposed to be wearing that type of attire. You're fools. You are uh, not uh, qualified to wear something like that. And then I was like, hey, Chelsea, uh, can I actually get your autograph? Wait, did, did she write? Did she? Did she no, she, she was write. like did, nominated yeah, for an award. like. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember a million years ago, uh, the Birthday Boys B team was writing for uh, the MTV Movie Awards. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, the rest of us had been in a, in yeah. a, a crash. A lot of you guys were out of town, so it was up, it was up to me and Mitch and Ferguson, and uh, <laughs> we were at the Gibson Amphitheater. Mm-hmm. And I only remember this because Chelsea was on. Uh, Chelsea was writing with us, and. Look, long story short, I clogged the toilet in the room that we were writing in (laughs) backstage at the Gibson Amphitheater. And they had to send a service guy to like show up and (laughs) just show him that it was the toilet. (laughs) Also, this is like an old, this is an old um, room where like, it was a green room for bands. Oh. And I noticed that there were group showers in this bathroom. Yeah, this bathroom has like uh, a, a huge bathtub and then the dressing room has like a red piano, right? It's like very opulent. Oh, I don't remember a piano, but I do remember you just walk into the bathroom and be like, great, some sinks off to the side, some a toilet, and then you keep walking and there's a shower with like five nozzles. And uh, anyway, so I clogged the shit out of that thing. And um, <laughs> I came back in and told the head writer, I was like, hey, I clogged the... <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> of course, everyone roasted the shit out of me. And my my only defense was it was mostly paper. <laughs> I wiped and wiped and wiped. And, then, and I think specifically Chelsea was like, that's not good. That means you just had to wipe a million times. It's <laughs> not better. I was done wiping, but I kept going. I swear. Chelsea. <laughs> That's not better. <laughs> oh boy. I um one last name droppy story. I met Michael Che and he said uh he had to step out of 30 Rock real quick, but it was cold outside so he put on his weekend update uh hoodie and mm-hmm. um he stepped outside and Chelsea <laughs> Chelsea Peretti saw him and was like, "Ah, weekend update hoodie." Uh, and <laughs> laughed at him. So I'm starting to think that Chelsea Brady is kind of the person who is always around when you need to be made fun of. She's the queen of the roast. Uh, Chelsea, come on the pod. Uh, you yeah, know, defend uh, yourself. But don't roast us. No, oh, don't roast us. Um, well, I'll tell you something. Uh, you know, we were chit-chatting and gabbing, and this, this drink is going, going, gone on my end. 
Yeah, mine went down mm. the hatch. Yeah, I made yeah. a big boy because the math was easy. So I said, ounce and a half of each, please. Yeah, I just I just upped mine. I love that uh, when you got the equal parts, you don't have to do any measurements or math to make it huge. You just say... Yeah. How many times do you want to get drunk with your boys? And then the math gets in the way. You're having chartreuse with your boys, and then you got to take out your... Texas instrument in order to fucking figure out yeah. the thing. I got chartreuse in one hand and a TI-83 in the other. <laughs> what, I, what I want to do, because, you know, I like to get a little uh, loopy sometimes when I drink. I wanted to do uh, four parts, but I want to do one ocean's worth mezcal, one <laughs> oh. ocean's worth lime juice. Oh, my God. Oceans for the rest of them. Eat the whole drink. The whole thing's ocean. Dude, that's going to be a pretty large one, man. Mm. Oh, look at him go. Whew, he just took I it just, down. Just downed it. Mm-mm. It's good. It gets better as you drink, and I'm refreshed. I feel I am like I could take on the world. <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys, I have my Campari and my Aperol here ready to rock. Hell yeah. Because they're always next to each other, and they're both bright red, and I feel like they're the same, and I want to go back and forth. Let me yeah. let me grab mine. I'm gonna I'm gonna get on this. You got Campari? But Mike, Mike, you do you have Campari too? <laughs> I sure fucking think I do. Let me find out. <laughs> okay, cool, 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 cool. I'm gonna get just Aperol, but I'll join in the fun as well. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, here we go. We're going to do uh, a taste test of Aperol and Campari. And I remembered I don't have Campari. I got that Luxardo bitter. Remember that? Oh, right, right, right. Oh, the ashy stuff. That, that, that's what the ashy stuff is. Well, hey, it's definitely red. Oh, that's ashy. Ooh. I've got just Aperol and no Campari, but I'm going to drink it straight just so I can join in the fun. All right, should we do the Aperol first? Here, here's the Aperol. Aperol sips. Mm. Ooh, that's like a oh cough mm-hmm. syrup. But in a good yeah, way. It's like in a, a good thick, way. There's some ashiness in there too. <laughs> uh, Mike, how do I, there are other adjectives that you could use to describe liquid. I've been using the wrong word. I'm such an idiot. I, I've been switching up the word ashy and red. It's red. That's what <laughs> I'm doing. Yes, I totally get it. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I like Aperol. That was a good taste to me. Yeah. But it's got a little bitterness, but it's mm-hmm. also got a little bit of a sweet cough syrupness to it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, the bitterness kind of doesn't kick in till the end. So for a little while, you do just feel like you're having some sweet syrup. Um, but you guys like Aperol spritzes, right? I mean, this is this is that. Never had. Hey, Tim, it's, never had one. Sh- champagne in this. What did, what did we use the the Campari for? Like, what did I use this Luxardo for? What was that? Negroni. Negroni. The ashy Negroni. All right, I'm going to try this Luxardo. Okay, yeah, I'm going to do Campari here. Yeah. 
He loves it. Yeah, okay. Oosh. So uh, the the verdict is in. I've gone back and forth. We have a verdict. Aperol is sweet Campari. Got it. End of story. Yeah. So would you say that to all the slob heads listening that might have Campari but no Aperol and they want to make this drink, should they just mix simple syrup with Campari Ooh, to make shit. Aperol? Oh, fuck. Uh, You'd have to get the measurements just right. <laughs> they have to be uh, You might be onto something. I think that, that sounds about right. It's funny doing uh, talking about these drinks with people who the people who made them still alive because if this gets back to him, he's like, you don't mix the fucking Aperol and Campari. the matter with you? If you mix those, it'll explode. <laughs> I got to get to, I got to get to Sloppy Boys headquarters and warn them. Um, I like Aperol. I'm drinking this now and I'm like, this is something I, I could just. I could just drink that. Yeah. And drinks are called aperitifs, but I'm never actually just like having an aperitif. But I could imagine sitting down with Aperol being like, you know, I'm going to eat dinner a little later, so maybe I start off with some <laughs> Who are you talking to when you're doing that? My dad. <laughs> Aperol on the rocks or with soda sounds really good. It's yeah. only 11% uh, alcohol about I also think that's kind of a posh new thing that's going on. People in 2021, people are getting into these gentler drinks. I do think taking just a little aperitif and, and putting over rocks with a little soda is kind of a hip thing to do right now. I would do that with just Aperol and have a nice gentle drink. I'll have some Aperol and then a nap for all. Um, now, drink too much. I've got myself here uh, a glass of chartreuse. Hold on. Let me grab mine. Let me grab mine. Yeah, go get some. I got time. Okay, I got my yellow chartreuse right here. Me too. Okay, we've all got our chartreuses and they're all yellow, Mike, right? You got yellow chartreuse? Oh, yeah. Yeah, mine looks like piss. So keeping in mind, there's green chartreuse that is stronger than this. This is the yellower and the mellower of the two. <laughs> they call it mellow yellow. I'm kidding. But this was made by silent monks who live in a monastery and go their whole life without talking. And they focus on making, mixing up the herbs for this drink. Let's taste it and see how they did. Great. Whew. That's an interesting taste. My first thought is absinthe. Mm, yeah, licorice. Uh, yeah. My first thought is that, well, hey, this is delicious. I would save those monks a few steps by having them put some fucking black licorice into some <laughs> water. Yep. And and uh, talk all you want while you're doing it. <laughs> Put black licorice in some wa and some vodka. Leave it for a year and send it my way. It'll be fine. Um, Tim, I got I got my absinthe right here. I'm going to do a little quick taste. Okay, taste that back Whoa. and forth, guys. There's too much black licorice stuff on Earth. Why is every fucking thing the same <laughs> taste? Ooh, okay. I gotta say the absinthe is more specifically black licorice forward. Same family, but not as close as Aperol and Campari. I'll, I will say, I, the reason I like this, and I don't even have a problem with black licorice. I'll eat it. Hey, who the hell am I to complain? I don't like it. I mean, I like a nice red vine better, let's be honest. And that's what Aperol's like. I like a nice gum. <laughs> I like a nice juicy fruit. I like a bubblicious. No, this chartreuse is, I would say, of all the black licorices we've had, this is the best. It's sweet and it's mellow. The, this this yellow chartreuse. Yeah. Mellow. Yes. But it is. But still, how many times have we bought something that ended up having this taste? Come on. Yeah. It's the big trick. 
The big liquor trick of 2021. I'm going to go out to the Alps and swing by the Carthusian monastery and say, have you ever heard of Jaeger? And they'll be like, what? <laughs> Here's a Jaeger. Dude, imagine me and all the, uh, the monks lined up and I'm pouring Jaeger bombs for all of them. And then they turn into party monks because a cool American guy came and hung out with them. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, do we get into our final thoughts here? Because I feel like I'm ready. I'm ready. Me too. Damn ready. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say it. Uh, letter grade, I'm going to give this a C. Whoa. Wow. Yeah, because I feel like every Mezcal cocktail I've had tastes like this. There's always a little bit of sweet or a little bit of acid Whoa. to uh, counterbalance the smoke. And to me, this is... Not so special. Jeez, Jeff. Damn, Jay. Okay. Did I guzzle it down? Yeah, sure. Would I have another one? Yes. But it gets <laughs> but it gets that C. So well, why? That that, that haunting C. <laughs> Let me ask you about the haunting C. Now, you're saying it tastes good and you and you drank it and everything, yeah. but it gets a C. But so what what is it going up against? Is it is it that you thought this would be, because it's not like it's a very popular cocktail that everyone's always singing its praises. Is it the price of the fancy ingredients that made you? You know, I do uh, think that having to buy weird shit that is similar to shit I already have is a mark against. Mm. But of course, mm -hmm. you know, okay. I'm also just thinking objectively in, in terms of like, you know, we've had amazing cosmopolitans and uh, Trinidad Sours and... Uh, tequila sunrises the naked and famous is like fine <laughs> you don't think it's you don't think it's up there it's a c level well it's funny for a for a podcast that does not give out letter grades yeah you decided to do that because you wanted to give them it's not good it's not bad so the you know you're right in the middle there so it's like oh that's what's haunting about it. i like that i wanted to spank them with average <laughs> <laughs> well i feel like I don't give letter grades. I do what we do on this podcast, which is say if we would have a second round or not. Tim, do whole, what you do. Has the whole world gone crazy? Tim, I, you're peaking. Um, I would have a second round. Yeah. I think it's delicious. I think it's a really good drink. And I would also say this. This drink is described as the common. It's, it's a take. It's a take on two drinks that we've never had. The last word in the paper plane. Uh, which were both part of that New York revival scene. I've never had either of those. We'll get to them eventually. So I don't really know what to stack it up against. But, uh, you know, Joaquin Simo, if you're listening, I, for one, respect your work. <laughs> I think the, <laughs> I think the last word was an old Prohibition era drink. Oh. Maybe I read that wrong. Oh, I gotta, I've got an interesting fact about Prohibition stuff in a second. But this drink for me is an order again. Um, but you know, it's funny cause I, with all these drinks that we're doing and stuff and all these order, I keep claiming I'm going to order again. I need to like, remember that this is a drink. Like this is when I go to a bar, I'm like, eh, what do I want? Uh, I know what a martini is. I'll have that. I got to remember that this is out there. Yeah. See, but my, here's my point is you're going to remember and then you're going to be like, no, I think I'll have a martini. Oh, but I think this is a fun drink to order for people like it's if you're with other people it's like hey let's try this drink i've done this drink it's good mezcal you ever this was a good introduction to mezcal for me because i've never had me too and not to get into appointments or distinctions but we <laughs> both 
<laughs> all of us happen to live in cities where we do have this at our fingertips where look, martini is my favorite drink and uh, my ties and, and the classic ones are my faves. But in LA, you do have uh, varnish and Mike, mm. you're over there in Brooklyn. You got the Clover Club. You could, th these drinks are being made and we do have access to it. And if I were in the right place, I, I would order this drink. You know what I would do def differently with mine is I would chill everything. Like you put everything. I only had f uh, room in my freezer for just the mezcal. But I would put it all in the freezer and get it all down. But, but Mike, you shook it on ice, didn't you? Of course I did. But you know, I, I want to start from from start from zero, sub zero. I would chill everything. <laughs> I would chill everything, including myself. You know, before I make the drink, I take a second and be like, "Dim, yeah, cool down, cool, cool I know out, you're pissed out. off right now." <laughs> well, here's what I was going to say. I mentioned uh, Prohibition era, so Death and Co. Uh, the the very bar, the very speakeasy, high-end speakeasy that this thing was made in, um, was, I read this on uh, the Difford's Guide online, and I really like this, <laughs> this sentence. To the uninitiated, the name could suggest a funeral parlor run by the Grim Reaper himself. <laughs> very nice. But the name Death & Co. Uh, is a reference to a group of Prohibition-era artists who made a bunch of posters and put them all around that looked like uh, propaganda for temperance, but they were actually mm. coded maps to speakeasies. There you oh, go. Oh, that's cool. So you go, if you're in the know in the old days, you say, oh, oh yes, yes, I love this. D hour later, I'm trashed. <laughs> yeah, Death & Co., I think they're probably doing the speakeasy thing right, but it, it, isn't it funny how you... Um, speakeasies they they got brought back and then yeah. they became popular and then they became obnoxious and i guess they have but I, look if somebody comes from out of town to la and, and it's not covid times i'm taking them to some of these like obnoxious places for sure i i am too but um like what like davy wayne's yeah or, or like uh no vacancy or there's like an adult video store one i haven't been to i want to go to what? oh my god i went to one um, do you know the one down in Koreatown at the the Line Hotel? Yes. Uh, the the uh, uh, God break, break room eighty six. Yes. Break room eighty. Yeah. Well, you know how you get in there. There's a vending machine, and then the doorman says, "Anybody want any snacks?" And then you're like, uh -huh. and mm -hmm. then they he opens up the vending machine, and then you walk through a little passage, and then you go back, go back, and it's a cool bar, and then they dance on the bar, and the whole bar opens up as a whole thing. Well, I was there uh, with Jessica and. We went outside, out the back to get, to get some fresh air. And you know when bars will have like sort of a small like smoking area uh, and they got to be kind of uh, conscious about the rules out there. Me and Jessica were outside and then we kind of stepped a little too far out onto the sidewalk and there was a doorman back there who was like, you guys are out, you stepped out, you, you're too far out, so you're no longer at the bar, so you're out of the bar and you can't go back in. And we were like, uh, okay, can, can we, we, we have to, we want to go back in though. He's like, let me lead you around front. Okay. And he was like very rude. And, <laughs> and if had our, if our other friends weren't inside, we probably would have just gotten an Uber. Yeah, it home. sounds like, like you got yourself a douchebag there, Tim. We got ourselves a <laughs> douchebag. Um, and, but then here's the funny part. He, the douchebag's walking and I'm a kind hearted man, uh, but he's being a dick. <laughs> and, uh, 
But no. So anyway, he walks, he goes, you got to go around front. So he, I was like, well, where do we go? We're like lost. So he walks us back around to the entrance again. And <laughs> he knows I'm mad at him, right? I've like yelled at him and he's a jerk. So, uh, he knows that he sucks, <laughs> but he gets to, uh, he gets to the vending machine and he turns to me and Jessica and goes, anybody want a snack? <laughs> <laughs> and he like did the joke again and we're like ah, it doesn't work the second time that's great and then you know what I did then people's elbow drop kick oh, boom no, suplex holy smokes and then my final move the pile driver snapped his neck off <laughs> is he okay have you kept in contact with him is he okay at all um, he's a, he passed away but he's in heaven wow <laughs> that's, that's I'm sorry to hear that um do you guys, so we've ranked the drink, we drank the drink, we ranked it, sure, we drank it and sure. rank it. Yeah, That's yeah, what we yeah. do on this show. We drink them and rink them. Let's mm -hmm. now, I want to know if you guys want to play the Naked and <gasps> Famous Quiz. Oh man, my big flat ass is showing. <laughs> it's time for the Naked and Famous Quiz. Wow. <laughs> there it is. Okay, so <laughs> that's the drop. Jack Jack Nicholson is famous, and his big right. fat ass is showing means that he's naked. Well, I don't know if you heard him. He has a big flat ass. He said his oh, big flat. flat ass. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you heard that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's a big ass. It's you know it, it, it's wide and flat, but it doesn't protrude back at all. Right. Well, you know what though? That's that was a lot of people do think that's Jack Nicholson. That's actually Christian Slater. Ooh, that's actually an impression of Christian Slater that you did. <laughs> Isn't that great? Okay, well, we all know how to play the Naked and Famous quiz. I'll just tell you real quick. I'm going to name an actor. You guys tell me what movie they were in where they were nude and what body part we see. Oh, oh this is good. Michael. Mike, this, this is sort of like a Mr. Skin quiz. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Well, if this you, will be good for me because Mr. Skin is my homepage on my computer when I <laughs> yeah, log yeah. in. So, Okay, so I will do, let's do like, um, some of these people may have been in other movies. What, what we would probably know them for. It's their iconically nude role. Yeah, yeah. In movie or TV, movie or TV. And um, Michael, do we buzz in or do we just blurt? I just shout, shout it out. And we're shouting with the the body part or the movie? The movie and the body part. Great. Okay, so like, but what if the movie was the bodyguard? I gotta be like the bodyguard, the body part. Well, I don't want to hear you say body part. I want to name you <laughs> the name of the body part. It's going to be like Kevin Costner, but. Yeah. No, okay. well, right, but I'll be saying. <laughs> no, it'll you'll be, be Dances saying. with Wolves, but. Exactly. Or no, it'll be, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's start with, uh, where do I want to start? Okay. Here we go. Jason Siegel. Sarah Marshall, uh, but. Forgetting Sarah Marshall, but. I'm, I got a, got a dingy on the butt there, guys. Uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall, dick. That's right, Jeffy. No. He yeah. shows his dick. Flaccid dick. Yes. In a comedy film? Yes, That's Tim. right. He was like uh, the first to do it. Okay, moving on. And that was based on his real life breakup with Linda Cardellini. Michael, keep going. Youch. I didn't know that. Did they meet on the set of Freaks and Geeks? Yes, they did. And when she checked into hotels, she checked in under the name of Sarah Marshall. Michael, keep going. Whoa. Oh, this is all very exciting. All right, here we go. 
Donald Sutherland. Um, uh, Animal House ass. That's right, Timmy. <laughs> and and what is he doing that uh, that we can see that? He's reaching you- up on the shelves for a, a pot. <laughs> but um, uh, to bring it back to the Apatow gang, didn't Paul Rudd parody this at some point? He had a sweater on and he showed his butt and they recreated in, the exact same shot. Yeah, in um, uh, Wet Hot American Summer, like a deleted scene or something. Mm. Funny, funny. I, I got to write the score down here. We got uh, it's one to one. This one is, and one, one and one. So this is very exciting. This is actually all very. I would exciting. call it neck and neck. Right. Hold on. Hold on a second. <laughs> right. Yes. Okay. okay. Here's uh Here's uh I, I just got them all here. I don't have them in any order. So I want to make do an order that works best for us. Here we go. Sharon Stone. Casino pussy vagina. <laughs> the. <laughs> you know you said casino, right? I said casino pussy. I said I said basic instinct vagina. <laughs> Wait, does she do? Does she show her vagina in casino? No. Okay. Wait, where's the leg cross thing from? Basic instinct. Timmy oh. gets the point. I was gonna say, but but here's the thing. I'm gonna give you the point, but it, it's Sharon Stone. Basic instinct. Everything. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> she shows it all there. There's no. There's she no stopping. Bears it all. Okay. Here we go. <clears throat> Nah. Mark Wahlberg. Uh, uh, Boogie Nights Dick. Boogie Nights. That's right. That's right. I knew now it. Here's Boogie the big question. Was that a real penis? No, it was not. Boogie Nights Johansson. Here we go. <laughs> Long Dong Johnson. <laughs> uh, okay. Jason Biggs. American, um, Pie, American Pie Ass. That's right. I think I had Jeff on that one. Jeff, yes! you said American... I got Jeff on that. Jeff came through to me first on that one, and I'm marking it down. It's three to two. Tim was winning three to well, two. Three he's two. also shirtless in Saving Silverman, if you want to give me a side point. All right, let me just write down a uh, side point. Tim has one side point. Okay, and I'll just tell you right now, I don't really feel like using my side point, so that's pretty Okay, irrelevant. I'm going to cross oh, out Tim, you're going to regret that. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot use side point. All right, here's a little, there's a t- tricky one. Here we go. Ryan Philippe. Dangerous Cru- li- liaisons ass. Uh, cruel intentions uh, nut. <laughs> <laughs> cruel, uh, cruel, cruel intentions is right. Cruel intentions ass. That's right. Uh, yeah, baby. And Studio 54. Are you sure you can't torso. see? Are you sure you can't see just a little bit of nut? <laughs> I think that's the opening <laughs> shot, a close-up on his one nut, but then... I, we don't know. We we don't know for sure that it's. I, I I have the script right here. It says fade in, uh, as we pull out from nut. Yeah. <laughs> also, I also have the script, and I'm I'm looking at the scene that has his ass, and it says right here, through his crack, you can see just the back of one of his nuts, <laughs> just <laughs> enough nuttage. Okay. Oh boy, Elizabeth Berkeley. Oh Who? my God. I should know this from my oh, high school um, years. American Pie tits. No. Nope. Elizabeth that's Hurley not, is... That's not Elizabeth Berkeley. Oh, wait, no. You said Berkeley. Uh, yes, Elizabeth Berkeley. Sh- showgirl's vagina. Tim, you got it. Showgirl's vagina? She's full frontal. I mean, that's the whole thing. Oh, shit. I got to rent that movie. I haven't seen it. Oh, <laughs> you got to You got to get out to Blockbuster. And, and I love Verhoeven. I love Verhoeven. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, we're closing in on the. We're three more left, and it is five to two. Jeff, you've got to get all three of these to do well. 
<clears throat> hey, Mike. Yes. No problem. Michael Fossbender. Oh. Dick. Shame. Shame, Dick. Oh. <laughs> Jeffy Deffy B does it. Woo. I never saw that Jeffy film. Jeffy Deffy D really does it. All right, two more left. <clears throat> Dennis Franz. But NYPD NYC Blue, Blue. I heard both at the same time. That is very difficult. We get we both get side points. Okay, so I'm I'm just gonna give you both a side point. Okay, and do we know the exchange rate yet? We, uh, it's if you want to use it or not. <laughs> but you get it. You get a half point or a full point for it. You get a uh, full point if you want okay. if you choose to use. Okay, okay. I'm gonna so Jeff, you might want to choose to use because it's five to three right now. Well, it's too soon for me to make the call. <laughs> to okay. choose but to use. Tim Tim also has a side point. And anyone else listening? Uh, you know, uh, tweet us and tell you tell us if you would choose to use. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's the very last one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are you two ready? Yes. Okay. Mike Hanford. <laughs> birthday boys but, ass. But birthday boys, <laughs> fuck. Tim, you got it. <laughs> Tim is a six to three, but now comes the very important part. Yeah, that I was my butt was in there. We had a stamp. I think I still have that stamp somewhere. Around here, I kept that. Do as you a remember we gift. had a whole rigmarole with like the president of AMC Networks about the amount of pube in that scene? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bob. Bob really went to bat for us because that was the pilot, and he was like, "Look, even if you want to censor these guys going forward, coming out the gate, you got to let people know that this isn't a, a comedy show that's going to hold back." And they were like, "Okay." Yeah, that's great. Then we just ripped. We just went nuts the rest of the series. <laughs> oh my <laughs> yeah, god. Right. It was just oh, some pubes, of the things we said. Pubes. Well, uh, that's the game. We do have the who, who wants to use their side points. I have one, right? You have one, yeah. I don't want to use mine. I don't want to use mine. Tim's Tim's getting away. T- he's giving away two, so he's giving away two. Jeff, you want to use yours or no? I would like you to. can. You can save it till next quiz. No, no. no. Upon further review, I think uh, now is the time. Okay, so it's uh, Tim wins six to four. You didn't have a chance. <sighs> <again>. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say. Uh, but at least, Jeff, like that was 6-4 is pretty close. And had I used my side points, it would have been 8-4. And that's a blowout. Yeah. But mm. yeah, this is good. Tim, I will say congratulations once again. Thank you so much. You're, you're a great competitor. That's great sportsmanship. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> yes. That's just the way it goes on the naked and famous quiz. Jeff, play the, play the clip, Jeff. Oh, man, my big flat ass is showing. It's time for the Naked and Famous Quiz. You know, the person who makes our drops, we pay him so much damn money, he should have made a drop that was like, that's it for the Naked and Famous Quiz. Yeah, uh, it's weird to use the same one again, but that does seem like uh, Heather's era Christian Slater now that you mention it. (laughs) Yes, doesn't it? Um, I mean, it doesn't seem like it. That's him. I got the audio. I know that that clip is Christian Slater, but to, to... Bring up something unrelated, Jack Jack Nicholson. Um, have you guys seen? There's a lot of famous paparazzi shots of Jack Nicholson at Laker games eating hot dogs. It's so funny. But have you seen the paparazzi shots of Nicholson eating a hoagie on a boat? <laughs> no, Mm-mm. we should post it. Yeah, everybody, Google it. It's you're just gonna have a blast with it. He's a hoagie on a boat. Well, Jesus, that's gonna wrap it up for everything. I think. And that's our show. Follow us on social media at the Sloppy Boys, where we release these recipes ahead of time. 
Also, be sure to check out our Patreon, where subscribers can unlock the Sloppy Boys Blowout, our weekly bonus episode. That's patreon.com slash the Sloppy Boys. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. What is up? Tim, I'm never going to figure you out. <laughs> Give it up for your boys. Give it up for your boys.